Welcome to the WorkSmart Podcast. I'm Philip Allen. Well, the WorkSmart team have done it again, unearthing for your listening pleasure another gem of a regulator report. This time from the Bank of England, who published just last month staff working paper 912 on organisational culture and bank risk that found robust evidence that poor culture in banks and building societies leads to substantially higher risks. No surprises there, I hear you say. But what did get us all rather excited here was the report's list of 20 data-driven cultural indicators the PRA uses to define and measure the culture of the firms they supervise, including regulatory return submissions by firms, the diversity metrics of your board and senior management team, your data on customer complaints, and how they are handled by banks. In this podcast, the WorkSmart team unpack the report findings and show you how this report can help both dual and solar regulated firms crack the culture measurement code. So let's get to it. Julia, Nick, thanks for joining us on this WorkSmart podcast. It's good to see that what the Bank of England is saying in this report that gathered cultural data from over 150 banks and building societies between 2014 and 2020 is what many in the industry, including yourselves, have thought for a long, long time that employee culture surveys are not quite what they seem. I think it's quite an interesting piece of research. I was really not surprised in some respects about the fact that there was a lot of data gathered over a a long period of time because the PRA has access to an awful lot of data. But I think it's quite interesting the, the results that this research brought back in terms of why employee surveys in their own right won't necessarily be the answer to the culture question for a whole host of reasons that it actually concluded in here. I love this description where they say that sometimes culture survey answers are all about impression management, about the individual or the team trying to give an impression within an organisation that might not be really quite true to what is actually occurring. What are the key highlights of the report for you, Julie? One of the the pieces of research was really quite interesting where it talked about the fact that employees that are engaging in maybe inappropriate behaviour, doing something unethical or risky, they don't actually consider themselves to be doing anything wrong necessarily because they feel that they're doing something to help the organisation that they work for. And I think on that point alone, I guess the biggest thing that I would take out of this in the first instance is that culture in itself is very difficult for a regulator, as you said, Philip, to ask a firm to show it. But if you're in an organisation and you want to attempt to measure the culture, then the most appropriate way to do that would be have a wide range of data, of which some of it is absolutely factual, and where you're bringing data points and data information together, and then you're reviewing based on what that picture paints to you. So you can then consider in the context of each of the different indicators how that's contributing to the overall culture debate. Helpfully, the Bank of England define and measure 20 indicators of bank culture. And we should also say building societies are included in this survey. Indicators that show a substantial link between poor organisational culture and bank risk. I know this is really exciting stuff. I should say, this is great stuff. I agree. And I know I get teased uh, quite a bit by the WorkSmart team when I, I take them a regulatory report and try and convince them that actually it's really, really interesting. Um, but this one is 
I think potentially could change the way that firms think about evidencing their culture. Because if we look at this, then what the PRA's research is saying is that for many years now, from 2014, as you mentioned, for six years, they have been taking data that they call the PRA and the research have come up with these 20 indicators of of bank culture. And they've termed them from referencing previous research, unobtrusive indicators of culture. And what they're basically saying here is that these are data items that have come through from factual information where they can make an assessment against it. So it's not somebody asking a questionnaire where they might be swayed in a particular way. This is a set of key areas. And I think it's what we've always said to firms in one particular point is that you report an awful lot of data to the regulator, be it the PRA, the SCA, or both of them. And you'll do that regularly. You could be doing something quarterly, six monthly, yearly, depending on what the data is. And that data is obviously stored. And it would appear that the PRA have been using this data over this six years to identify what they believe to be the state of the nation, I guess, within particular firms. But I thought it was quite fascinating that they had been collating firms' regulatory return submissions and, for example, actually scoring them culturally in a number of ways. So is this firm late? Are they consistently late? Are there consistently errors? Or on the converse of that, does this firm submit their regulatory returns early and are they accurate and always right? And what they're arguing here in this paper is that culturally, that gives you an indicator of how engaged this bank is in terms of attention to detail, in terms of meeting regulatory requirements and almost saying, actually, as a regulated business, we know that there's a minimum threshold for which to do business as a regulated firm. And part of that is regulatory returns. So we better do them right and we better do them on time all the way through to other firms that might not view things in that manner. But I think the fact that this report is saying, look, this is not rocket science. We're looking at customer complaints. We're looking at whistleblowing. We're looking at internal fraud. We're looking at diversity data of your board and your non-executives. And we're drawing it together. And from this, with some prudential measures also, we're actually going to make an assessment of where we think a firm might be, because these are only indicators. And it's about the narrative, isn't it? It's about the context of the firm. So I think that this particular piece of research is a must read for every CEO and board member in a regulated entity. I would agree. And what I love about this report, Julie, is that the PRA is looking at you and saying, we're measuring your culture right now. And that to me, is quite empowering to firms to say that you can do the same thing internally. In fact, we we expect you to do the same thing. I absolutely agree. And I think that maybe historically, there's been this debate in the industry. So what are the culture measures we should know? PRA, SCA, tell us, well, no, it's up to you to decide. Well, we can't decide. So we, we don't know what's going to be right. And as a result of that, it becomes too hard. And then it doesn't necessarily happen. Yeah. But I think... Another point to note in this, that obviously these cultural measures that the PRA have put in the research here is based on data that they get anyway. And there's a lot of other cultural indicators that 
would exist in it within a firm that the PRA are not necessarily seeing. So I don't think firms should just look at this and think, right, if I pick those 20 measures, then it's going to be fine. Because let me give you a few examples. Within a firm, and this will be stuff that firms are doing anyway, they will be measuring from an HR perspective whether their turnover is greater than industry average, whether their sickness rates is greater than industry average. And items like that, what firms should be doing is looking at the indicators that the PRA have looked at from their side, then look at the indicators that a firm could choose from within their side, then bring those measures together on a regular basis and then say, and so what? So what does this mean to us? And therefore, what do we need to do about it if indeed we need to do anything at all? That's how it appears to me that firms should move on with this. Listening to the two of you talk about this, a big bit of this for me is interpretation. And indicators are great. But actually, what are those indicators telling us? The PRA, by definition, are making decisions based on what those indicators might say. But I'm, I'm not sure they're drawing conclusions. You know, they may just be, they may see something unusual that's out of kilter. Does that mean that they just pay close attention to that particular firm for some kind of reason? But with, within the firm itself, I get the sense that a lot of firms may be backing off from this because they don't think they have the expertise to be able to interpret the indicators. Yeah, I think you're right, Nick. I really do. I think there's been an absence of the regulator saying, right, the cultural indicators you should use are X, Y, and Z, and this is how you should conclude. Well, it's not for the regulator to say that, but I think for the first time it gives, you know, categorizations for firms to consider. But then it is absolutely down to the firm to say, so for example, if the firm was saying, well, our complaints report does show how we feel about customers, especially if they're showing really poor results. It would suggest that maybe there's not enough focus on doing the right thing for the consumer. And so this is the regulator laying out, this is the research we've done, this is how we've categorised it. It may be of some use to a firm to consider what we've done and then consider it in the context of their own firm. And I think... There's also a piece here around if you've got a supervisory team that know that they've got on the one hand an organisation that always does their regulatory returns late and wrong and very high complaint levels with poor turnaround and high internal fraud issues. And then on the other side, you've got a firm that's on time with their regulatory reporting, has complaints, but seems to manage them within reasonable timeframes and has a much lower number of internal fraud issues. If you were choosing a firm which you would like to go and do a supervisory assessment on, you know which one they choose. How are WorkSmart helping firms meet what clearly is a regulatory imperative, which is measuring conduct and culture? Yeah, and that's a really good question at this point in the discussion. Let me give you an example if we think about the people piece. So we're all about people and process. And one of the things that we do for many organisations, large and small, and I'll give you an example around training and competence, is that we bring together regulatory data about individuals and teams. And that's collated together so that a firm can look at its people and look at where there are risks arising, where they might want to apply more support or apply some different measures 
to an individual or a team. And I think it's in general terms using regulatory technology in a manner that gathers different pieces of data together about individuals and teams and presents it in such a way that firms have it on hand at the right time so that they can use that to help identify what their next steps and actions need to be. Crucially, Julia, I think what technology like ours brings as well is the ability to manage all manner of aspects all the way up through the structure as well. So your answer there focused on a certain segment within an organization. But if if we think about the leaders up through the, the hierarchical structure as well, in the same way as you might analyze complaints metrics and what that might tell you about the firm as a whole, you could analyze the behaviors and activities of managers. Are they delivering? How often are they meeting? What are the action plans that are coming off the back of meetings when they're they're managing competence and capability? And therefore, how are our leaders supporting the culture of the business? When you start to think about it, I think the challenge for firms is when you look at the whole of a diverse and complex business, large or small, there's still loads of data that you could choose and you could get completely overwhelmed in cultural indicators. And so I think the smart thing is starting simply and building out a firm's culture dashboards based on what's in the report and what also items they have within a firm that could add value to that ongoing discussion. Well, I think that's why we're saying this report is so fantastic because it gives people that that structure on which to work around, on which to begin and to use as a benchmark in terms of what they're doing and how, what they're considering monitoring themselves. In this report, the PRA mentioned that there is evidence suggesting that organisational culture is affected by country of origin, finding that a foreign bank's home country culture is more influential on the organisation than the host country. I can, without a shadow of a doubt, confirm that that is our experience. What those organisations tend to do is cycle people in and out of the UK, maybe on a year or two year cycle. And it's really, really difficult in the complex financial institutions to actually be able to pick up and actually culturally align, even with regulatory expectations, let alone more localised culture expectations. So I think that is a real challenge that foreign banks may feel it's less important for them to focus their branch culture in a manner that's different to home state. So I don't see that one being easily resolved. For me, Julie, this report provides a number of solid answers for those senior managers being interviewed by the PRA, or in fact the FCA, when they are asked by regulators the question how they are measuring culture in their firms. I actually think you've hit the nail on the head there, because a lot of this is not about if the regulator is asking the firm, if they're asking an individual, you know, they don't expect the perfect polished answer, the perfect end result, because they know that nothing is perfect. What they're looking for is to affirm, to have listened and to understand the expectations and to be able to talk explain, show, tell what they've done about it. So part of that is, yes, we understand that there is a link between poor organisational culture and greater risks in banking organisations. We understand the research on the topic. We have 
taking that into consideration and this is what we do and whether what they do is right or wrong in respect of the supervisor that's a much better scenario and discussion to have had than being unable to talk about it at all. Final thoughts liberating empowering challenging questioning how will firms respond to this or how could firms respond to this and question to you both really. Do you know what, Philip? I think the biggest challenge is going to be that firms don't even know this exists. Invariably, it's a bit like the previous report that we've talked about with the wholesale banks and the conduct questions. The fact that this is a PRA document that sits on a PRA website means an FCA regulated firm is very unlikely to go there. I came across it by chance. So I think, one, there is a challenge that the regulator needs to get that out there and get that considered. And organisations that work within this space need to do their bit about informing their customer databases and their prospect databases that it's out there, that it's relevant to them. And there would be value in looking at how they can take this research and apply it within their own businesses. I think people should read it because it might be liberating, to be honest. It unlocks the mystique that sits behind managing culture to a large extent. It gives people, like we were saying earlier, that framework to work to. So you can deliver an awful lot of benefit and insight just using common sense. But, you know, this provides the framework on which you can apply that common sense, really. You don't need to be an expert in culture management to think about it. Thanks, Julie and Nick, and thank you for listening to this podcast. We will provide you with a link to the report in the description below to learn how WorkSmart's SMCR software Accord can provide your firm with clear central record keeping, strong corporate governance, clear accountability, and evidence of employee fitness and proprietary. Please visit worksmart.co.uk. And don't forget to check out the insights section of the website that hosts a number of blogs, articles, and on-demand podcasts on topics like operational resilience, behavioral economics, and complaint handling.